0: Taylor Ball here. This past week, I had the lovely pleasure of attending not one, but two outdoor yoga classes with some friends. And they were free. (laughs) Woohoo. I had such a fun time. I thought, hey, this should be a podcast topic. So here's Taylor's take on yoga. Let's get this ball rolling. As I said, I did two free outdoor yoga classes this week thanks to a company in Vancouver called Matt Collective. Disclaimer, this isn't an ad. I'm just a huge fan of the company. Uh, Matt Collective is offering free yoga classes every day of the summer in two locations around Vancouver. Pretty darn cool. As a yogi and cheapskate, I was thrilled. Normally, taking a yoga class is pretty pricey. It usually costs around $10 to $20 per class. At each outdoor yoga class, I invited a close friend, and for both of them, it was their first time doing yoga. I lent them an extra mat, and we made our way down to the beach. As we moved through the poses, we could see the ocean and the sandy beaches. We could see the boats in the harbor, the downtown cityscape, and the mountains in the distance. The poses were challenging, but the atmosphere was uplifting and happy. I'll be honest, we fell more than once, but we were able to laugh it off and try again. As the class came to an end, we took our final savasana pose, which means we just lie there on our backs and don't move. As I did this, I could hear the waves crashing against the shore, and I could hear kids laughing in the distance. It was beautiful. Calming, peaceful, and beautiful. What I took away from this experience was a few things. One, Doing yoga beachside with a view of downtown Vancouver is amazing. (laughs) And number two, I realized not everyone does yoga. I realize this isn't exactly a groundbreaking epiphany or anything, but it was definitely a bit of a shock for me. As I said, neither of my friends had done yoga before, and this took me kind of by surprise because it's a pretty big part of my life. Yoga is definitely one of my go-to exercises. I either run, swim, or do yoga. It's one of the three. I could do a triathlon if biking was replaced with yoga, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. After class, I was thinking back and trying to remember my first time doing yoga. To the best of my memory, it was a free, yes, as I said, I'm a cheapskate, a free yoga class offered at Aviva Athletica, the kids' version of Lululemon. I was in grade six and I loved it. That year, grade six, was also when my insomnia was at its worst. I can't remember how, but my grade six teacher found out that I had really bad insomnia, and so she proposed that me and a friend would come over to her house once a week during lunch hour. During this weekly lunch hour, she would teach us some yoga poses and meditation techniques. I took her up on the offer and we had a blast. She was so kind and not in a creepy way. And her yoga and meditation techniques really helped me calm down and overcome my insomnia. So, as you can tell, my love for yoga started at a young age. And I think the reason why I've stuck with yoga is it's a family activity in the ball household you'll often find our family at a yoga studio we'll be at the front near the mirrors my mom does yoga my sister does yoga i do yoga and my dad does a lot of yoga he usually does a class every day or every other day he is a total yoga guru My younger sister, Sarah, did a 30-day yoga challenge, and I was inspired to follow suit. But I'll admit, I only managed to do 10 of those 30 days. Now, I'm okay with that because I gave it my best effort, and I'm going to try again soon. And I'll keep trying until I manage to do all 30 days. So that's my personal experience with yoga. But out of curiosity, I decided to do a bit of research and learn more about the origin of yoga and, of course, a few fun facts. You may think that yoga is a new craze or the latest trend, but it's actually pretty darn old. So let's start at the beginning of yoga's history. First, a quick disclaimer. I researched this topic, but I'm not an expert. Um, So if I mix something up or mispronounce something, I'm very sorry. The development of yoga can be traced back to northern India over 5,000 years ago. But some researchers argue that it actually dates back even further, claiming that it originated up to 10,000 years ago. Suffice it to say, it's old. The word yoga was first introduced into a sacred text used by a group called the Brahmins. This text was known as the Rig Veda which means praise for knowledge in Sanskrit. Scholars believe the Rig Veda is one of the oldest known texts in the world, and in it contains elements of yoga which dates back over 4,000 years. During these early stages of yoga, it was being refined and modified by the Brahmins. They documented their practice and poses in the Upanishads, which is a large body of work containing over 200 scriptures. This new text introduced the idea of sacrificing one's ego and using self-knowledge, wisdom, and actions like karma. After this period, classical yoga was introduced. This was defined by Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras, which contained an eight-limbed path towards obtaining enlightenment. The yogi, Pantanjali, is often considered the father of yoga, and his Yoga Sutras are still a large part of modern-day yoga. After Pan influence, yogis started to focus on practices designed to rejuvenate the body and prolong life, which resulted in the development of Tantra Yoga. Tantra Yoga is what eventually led to the development of Hatha Yoga. When you think of westernized yoga, you're probably thinking of Hatha Yoga. This is the style of yoga that focuses on the connection between body and spirit. The word hatha is composed of two words, ha meaning sun and tha meaning moon. Hatha yoga is all about finding and restoring the balance in our lives, like the balance between the sun and the moon. Alright, if you manage to wrap your head around all of the different yoga styles I just mentioned, You have received an overly simplified summary of the history of yoga. Congratulations! But trust me, there's a lot more to it. In fact, there are over 100 different schools and styles of yoga. But they all share one unifying goal. The goal of yoga is to achieve a state of pure bliss with oneself and with the universe. Now, that's a pretty darn good goal, if you ask me. I don't think any studies have been conducted about whether yogis have achieved bliss with themselves in the universe, but there have been countless studies that show yoga can improve the overall health of your cardiovascular system. It can help treat diabetes, high blood pressure, and asthma. It increases flexibility, it helps prevent injury, it increases muscle tone, improves your respiration, energy, and vitality. The list goes on and on. In case you're wondering, I got all that information from the American Osteopathic Association and a few quick Google searches, so it has to be true. <laughs> With all of these positive benefits, it's not surprising that yoga seems to be all the rage. According to a 2012 study conducted by the Yoga Journal, more than 20 million Americans practice yoga. This number has increased since 2008 by roughly 4.6 million people. The majority of this group consists of women, roughly 82%, who are between the ages of 18 and 44. Collectively, these 20 million yogis spend $10.3 billion annually on yoga classes, yoga mats, and yoga clothes. You may be thinking, wow, That's a lot of people practicing yoga, but don't be too intimidated. 45% consider themselves beginners and 23% are entirely new to yoga. So there you have it. My love for and the history of yoga and some fun facts thrown in. But I'll add one more fun fact because, hey, why not? Are you ready? The oldest living yoga instructor is 98 years old And she still practices yoga every day. Wow. So that's Taylor's take. What do you think? Are you a yogi? If not, do you think you'll give it a try? I want to hear your thoughts. But for now, I got to bounce.